Hey, Faith Promise, welcome for the last time in 2019 to a spirit-filled celebration across all of our campuses. And we sure do have a ton to celebrate from this year. A year where at Faith Promise, we preach the gospel to those poor in spirit across Tennessee and around the world, filling the waters with over 800 baptisms, a record year, and flooding God's kingdom with thousands of souls. This year was a year filled with proclaiming release to the captives through our incredible Celebrate ministry, where so much freedom has happened and many of those baptisms took place. Way to go, Corey. Way to go celebrate. This was a year filled with recovery of sight to the blind, an expectation of miracles and provision during our Heart for the Harvest season, as we're going to talk about just a little more in a minute. And Faith Promise, this was a year of setting free the oppressed, not just at our God Behind Bars campuses, but at Promessa de Fe in Costa Rica and at our new Promessa de Fe North campus. So not only do we need to celebrate, but we need to proclaim that 2019 was the favorable year of the Lord. Come on, man, if you're with me, say I am. Come on, God, we are so grateful for what you have done, for every soul that has been saved, for everyone who got baptized, for every family that was restored, every captive that got set free, everyone who got recovery of sight to the blind. Father, you did miracles beyond our wildest dreams. We know, God, that you are the giver of every good and perfect gift. It all comes from the Father above where there is no variation. So God, we celebrate. We thank you, Father, for what you have done. God, you said in Malachi to write down the mighty works of God and put them in a book of remembrance. God, today we write in our own lives and with our own hearts a book of remembrance of your miracles. God, we indeed are grateful. Lord, open our hearts and set us on fire for an incredible 2020 that we know that you will move in. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, and all God's people said, oh, great. Hey, what was your favorite part of this year? Was it Sunday Showdown, where our campus pastors got a chance to mix it up a little bit under the bright lights? Or was it seeing an illusionist on a Faith Promise weekend? Hey, that was a Faith Promise first, and I'd say it a ton. What about for your kids or your students? What stories of transformation happened at Fusion or Movement? How about Faith Promise Kids Camp that in turn transformed your family? How about back to the movies? I was so fired up. I think this was the first year that I had actually seen all the movies before the weekends. One of my favorite things of this year was My Monsters, an incredible series. How about you? But if you don't know what I'm talking about, what about that table for two? Either way, if you don't know, then go back and follow the filling and get a refill on those weekends you missed because they were incredible. And even though they just happened, all God did during Heart for the Harvest and Christmas Spectacular is what Faith Promise is all about. Seeing the real love of Jesus Christ overflow wash away real pain and real problems that many thought they would never experience freedom in. And let's never lose the burden 
or forget the joy of seeing just one lost sheep come home. Hey, let's make sure at Faith Promise that nobody ever finds himself alone, especially in the dark night of the soul. I'm going to talk to Vicki. We're going to sit down together and hear some of her story. Vicki, thanks so much for being with us this weekend and sharing part of your story. Uh, you've been you've been a part of Faith Promise for quite a long time. How long have you been with us? Uh, I started visiting in 2009, so it's it's when the sanctuary still had the balcony and oh. before all the reconstruction. So it's oh, been wow. a little while. Yeah. It's been a decade. It feels like, I guess, yes. <laughs> now I know this has been a really rough year for you. Yes. So tell us tell us about this year and what you've been through. Well, I was uh, diagnosed uh, with uh, breast cancer called DCIS, so it's ductal car carcinoma in sight too, which means it's inside of the ducts. And um, it really was best for me to have a single mastectomy. So that was what we went through. Um, and mm. uh, when that happened though, so we had the surgery, the three lymph nodes removed to test to see, and they came back clear. And my surgery took care of my cancer. Well, I'm walking through the fear, anger, worry, concern. How has Faith Promise walked alongside you in this difficult journey? Well, Faith Promise has been amazing. I mean, I, 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 I can't thank them enough for everything that they've done. Um, of course, I, I serve on the worship team, you know, a volunteer, and um, they've just, just circled around me. I'm, I'm prayed for me and always felt supported. They fed us, you know, after all of the, you know, giving us food. Um, and I was just blown away when um, Michelle and Rachel said, uh, we have a surprise for you. And the day of my surgery, my, uh, I had this hashtag with Victory Day for Vicki May, And everybody wore pink in my honor, and that was just amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Vicki, if you could just say one thing to your Faith Promise family, what would that be? I would say that um, in my darkest days, you were there for me, and you loved me, you surrounded me, you comforted me, you helped me, and I never felt alone. And so I want to thank you. Hey, guys, thank you for those that minister to Vicki, and not just her, but so many others that are struggling. That's what we're here for. Hey, next year, or actually it's just a few weeks away, we're going to celebrate 25 years of ministry. It's crazy that it's been that long. But when you hear promisers like Vicki share their story, it's pretty simple to see why this movement of God has lasted for 25 years. It's because of promisers like Vicki who put God first no matter what. It's because of promisers who lead groups during the week so we can grow together. It's because of promisers who serve others at the doors or behind consoles or with students or kids or in parking lots. It's because promisers who give generously above and beyond their tithes, giving almost a quarter of a million dollars this year to help with natural disasters like the flooding in North Carolina, Arkansas, hurricane relief in Houston and the Bahamas. It's because of promisers who tell their friends, their families, their neighbors, their coworkers, their classmates and teammates about the real love of Jesus. It's because of promisers who, who elevate those around them, disciple, counsel, and care for other promisers like Vicki in her greatest time of need. It's because of promisers who are all in. 
and follow the filling to the real people that's all around them. So as we look back on this year, let's never forget what God did and what God is doing in Tennessee and around the world through this incredible people of God called Faith Promise. Whether you're at Pellissippi, Blunt, North Knox, Anderson, Farragut, one of our GBB or Permessive Faith campuses, or maybe you're watching online, thank you. I am so grateful to you, for your family, grateful for every hour that you served, dollar that you gave, ministry you cared for, people that you loved on, for everything that you did in the name of Jesus. And I am so grateful and thankful for you and for families like the Collins. Adam and I both sell real estate. We work for a real estate company and um, the owner one day told us, he said, why don't you come to my church? And I said, I can't. I said, I can't even go in, inside. You know, I can't get out of the car and physically go in there because I'm afraid I'll pass out or, or whatever. I know if anybody's ever had panic and anxiety, it is terrible. Um, and finally, Dagan, is his name, Dagan Green, he, he said, just please come one time. And I said, okay, I'll try. And um, I go to Faith Promise, and I go in the door, and before I knew it, I had gotten through a, an entire sermon. I would sat there, and uh, I just loved the message. And I thought, you know, I've got to come back. I've got to keep keep this in my life. We just kept coming back. And we would sit in the back, and I just got more comfortable and more comfortable. And every time we would go, I would just get stronger and stronger and stronger. And um, but every week, the enemy would fight me. And we'd get in the car, and we would sometimes we would argue all the way to the church and be fighting in the church parking lot over something stupid, I don't know, and uh, we'd get out and we would go in and we'd come out like new people every week and it was just like, what's going on? You know, we have to be here because, and he got afraid not to go <laughs> at that point because we were just, you know, it just, it's changed our lives. It's really changed our lives. Last year uh, at Heart for Harvest, um, I went in and with my wife's panic and anxiety attacks, I had, uh, I actually went and prayed in the front of the church and uh, got anointed with oil and prayed for my wife. I stood in for her. And then when I did that, that's when things started changing. Our lives started changing. Kids started changing. Everything started changing. And this year, we actually both went back and stood and she actually prayed, had just stood in for her friend, and she actually prayed for herself as well. And every day is, is a battle, but we're winning because we know that God is on our side, and we've learned that from Faith Promise. And we spread the word about Faith Promise as much as we can uh, because we love it. It's family. Yeah, family. I mean, it's, it's what it is. That's, that's just where we belong, you know, and it's changed our lives. It has literally changed our lives. Wow. Man, thanks so much for sharing. 
Jayla wanted everyone to know that the Faith Promise counselors were not only instrumental in helping her, but also can help anyone here today who might be in need of deliverance or any issue you're experiencing like her anxiety. We're grateful for your story. This is what following the feeling in Luke 4 is talking about. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. No matter what happened or didn't happen in 2019, now's the time to already begin preparing to go all in for 2020. Let's go all in by being what the book of Acts says, wholly devoted to all God is doing and going to do in 2020. Now, if you're still waiting for your release or your recovery or your freedom or your favorable year of the Lord, come on, don't lose hope. And do not believe for a moment that God has forgotten or forsaken you. That's what following a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit is all about. It's about walking with God regardless of the circumstance that you find yourself in. But if you follow the filling of the Holy Spirit to a whole new relationship with God in 2019, what He did to fill you then and what He will do to fill you, to fill you up for more, a fresh filling for this next year, come on, it is going to be incredible. So really, the only question that should be filling our minds is this. Will you be all in? Because this is what I believe. I believe 2020 is going to be an incredible year. I believe you're going to walk in greater freedom and greater anointing and greater victory than you have ever been. I believe God is going to bring people into your life. I believe God is going to open up doors. I believe God is going to take you places that you don't even think now that you could ever do or be. He is going to open up greater ministries. He's going to bless your business. He's going to move in your families. He's going to move in relationships. He's going to move miraculously and supernaturally. He is going to move to touch you and encourage you. He is going to do immeasurably, abundantly above what you could ever ask or think or imagine. Those are his words. Those are not my words. That's what God wants to do. But what he wants from us, and he is clear that we be all in. Because listen, if we will be all in in building his kingdom, he will be all in in bringing everything that you and I need to enjoy and experience the abundant life. So come on, I'm all in. And I'm all in for you. Be all in. Hey, campus pastors, man, come and celebrate with your campuses some of the amazing things that God has done this year. Hey, Faith Promise, Happy New Year. I'll see you in 2020. Come on, give our campus pastors a hand as they rock on every stage. It's so amazing as we look at what God is doing. You know, so often uh, we feel like we don't see God doing something, but many times when we look back, we can see how God moved and worked. And our theme this year, uh, where the Spirit leads, where the Spirit leads, that's right. And the reality of it is, is that when I follow, God normally moves. 
You see, he doesn't necessarily move or do the things that I want him to do, uh, but he often moves, and we can see his fingerprints all over everything. In Luke chapter 4, pastor just read it, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Now, how could we proclaim that at our Pellissippi campus? I mean, what, what could we talk about? And I really, as I was processing this weekend, felt like there were four stories that I personally learned this year uh, that would just give us insight into what God was doing or how we could think about this favorable year that he has given to us. And it started back at the beginning of the year uh, when a friend named Tim uh, caught me backstage one weekend and he said, hey, I had this dream and I think that God's trying to tell me something, what should I do? And I said, you know what, if I was you, I would write it down. I would just write down everything that happened in that dream and then begin to process what might God be saying to me. Over the next few months, he began to say, hey, I, I think God's saying this. I think this is happening. And he talked about how he was growing closer to God. And God began to give him greater revelation in these areas. And the reality of that is, is one of our values lived out. When we put God first, God begins to overtake and speak over the things in our life, right? So often when we put God in other places, we don't have our attention, our focus on him. But when we put God first, we have the chance to see and hear from God in ways that we hadn't before. And Tim still today is talking about how God is speaking to him. But then I also thought about Summer. Summer sent an email to me in the summer and uh, that just goes perfectly together, right? Summer in the summer. But anyway, uh, but she did. It was June. And she was sharing how her family was trying to figure out, she and her husband, how do we get more involved? And so they actually did what we ask you to do. Isn't that amazing that, you know, people would do that? But anyway, so many of you do. And, uh, and they went to Next Steps. And in Next Steps, they had the privilege of meeting one of our incredible table hosts, and his name is Howie. And honestly, if you haven't met Howie, uh, you've missed out on an incredible opportunity. Howie is amazing. Uh, but in Next Steps, uh, he began to share with their table during one of the weeks about his relationship with God and how he had followed God and gone public in baptism. And that weekend, they recognized their need to follow Christ in obedience through baptism, and so they were baptized. But the story doesn't stop there. Uh, they were putting God first, and then they went the next week, and they realized that they actually had gifts that God could use, that they needed to serve him more. And then they, thinking maybe that's what God was saying, they came again and realized that the call of their life was for them to trust God to give 10%. And literally in the email she said, we just realized that to give 10%, we were going to have to make that a part of our budget. So we went home today and made our giving, our tithe, a part of our budget. But it went further than that, which I love. And then she said, and we just decided as a family that we needed to tithe our time as well. And so I've gotten to watch them as they serve uh, almost every weekend in significant portions. Even a few weeks ago, before our All is Bright event, their family was in the white tent that was outside of Entrance One at our campus. They're sorting all of the presents, making sure that everything got to the right place. Why? 
Because they recognize that, that our call is to serve others, that our call is to give generously, that our call is to put God first. And when we begin to do those things, that's when we experience the fullness of life that God is calling us uh, into. But not just uh, those two, uh, Jerry. Uh, right before the Easter season, uh, Pastor was preaching a series where he talked about that we should get to know the people around us, that many people don't even know their neighbors. And so it, it, at moments whenever they are, have things happening in their life, no one around them even knows. They, they don't even know the names of the people who live across the street from them and next door to them. And Jerry sent a note and said, after that message, he was convicted. I don't know the people who live around me. And so he said he wrote notes and he went to their houses and he introduced himself to them and just told them that he, uh, he wanted to get to know them, that they were neighbors and that he was praying for them. And he began to minister to them that time to time he would talk to them and that he would pray for needs that they had. And it was so cool. He began to share how he was doing this right as our value. We tell them of them. He's thinking, I can build a relationship into their lives and maybe help them connect with God in another way. And then some things in his life began to go wrong. And his family had some needs, and his neighbors found out about it, and they began to minister to him. He said one day they literally wrote a card. He said, they, don't, they didn't even know my name, but they wrote to our precious neighbors and said, we felt led to provide a meal for your family and gave them a gift card to a restaurant in our community. You see, when we actually minister to others, we're teaching them how to do ministry to others as well. And God sometimes opens doors of opportunity for us. But he also meets our needs through others as well. And then the last one, Ben. I actually hadn't planned on uh, sharing the story. And then I was literally uh, was taking time preparing uh, for our message uh, this weekend. And I saw on social media that Ben put a post that said this year, for the first time, he was going to read the Bible through from cover to cover. And he talked about how God spoke to him every day doing that. And, and literally, as I was talking to him this weekend, he shared with me, he said, you know, every year I set out with the goal to read the Bible through. Have you ever been there? We all, I've been there. There were years where I didn't read the Bible through. Can you imagine, you know, there was a time where I wasn't a pastor reading the Bible through, you know, I mean. But he, he said, you know, every year I'd get to like June or July and it would begin to fade off and I would never finish. And this year, I've got my devotional that every day is checked. And God has uniquely spoken to me every day. And you see, he recognizes that when we put God first, when we decide to grow together with him, that God does something unique and he begins to move us in our relationship with him. And I would just encourage you, listen, if you've tried to read the Bible all the way through and you haven't made it through, try again. Try in a different way. Man, read uh, the New Testament or read the first four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I, I was reading this morning that someone posted and said, you know, I always do great reading the Bible until I get to Leviticus. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a hard book of the Bible to endure, if you know what I'm like. It's endurance at that point. You know, you're like, I'm going to get through this. And then, anyway, oh, well, we'll stop there, recovering from reading the Bible through so many times. But it's hard. But you can do it. Because you know what, Ben's not on staff, and he's just a guy 
trying to follow Christ with everything in him. And you can do the same thing. And then I started processing that most of us in this time of year, we're looking towards a day when we think everything will change. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? We believe that this coming Wednesday, everything will change somehow magically in our life, right? That, that on January 1st, all of a sudden, I'm going to feel compelled to go to the gym more often, right? Like, I'm not going to feel compelled today or Monday or two, but Wednesday, it's just going to happen. You know, like, I'm going to wake up wanting to go to the gym. And can I just be honest? That's not going to happen. Because it's just another day. Now, it is a special day, but it's just another day. And the Bible talks about doing things not another day, but doing things today. And I started thinking with our team, and last weekend our team came together and they're like, hey, what if we did something unique next weekend? And we started processing. And, and the way that I would describe it to you is this, is that we often are all thinking on January 1st, I'm going to go all in. But what if we went all out today? What if we just said, hey, I'm going to do everything that I need to do today to be prepared for then? Like, what if I started working on it right now? What if I went all out? It's the football analogy. I mean, you guys have watched the Vols or watched your favorite team, and you, you thought, I don't think they're going all out. I don't think they're playing all out. Imagine the same for us as Christ followers whenever we have to think, I'm not going all out either, but let's not wait until Wednesday. Let's start today. And the first step of that, as many of you know, because we talk about it every weekend, our church is committed that we tell them of him. That we share every weekend that, that God sent his son in this season that we're in, he came Jesus. That he lived a perfect life. But the perfection wasn't what did it for us completely. It was not just that he was perfect, but it was that he gave his life willingly to forgive us of our sins so that we could have a relationship with him. And then at the end of our service every week, we'll say, hey, no one prays alone, and we'll ask you to bow your head and to close your eyes, and, and we'll give you this incredible chance to begin a relationship with him. And here's what I know. I get text messages every weekend, all weekend long, of how many people raise their hand at our campuses to surrender their life to Christ. And here's what I know. Even though there are so many people who raise their hand, most people stop there. They never go all out. And if you don't go all out, you can't go all in. And, and I think that's the hope that, that we need to hold on to today is that today is the day. And so if you've raised your hand all those times, if you've raised your hand before, but you've never taken another step, that's a good thing today because we're ready. Because our team last weekend said, hey, let's set up a baptistry in the lobby and say, hey, instead of waiting till next weekend because we think something magically will change on Wednesday, what if we just do what we're supposed to do today? And already this weekend, a number of people have just walked out and said, hey, I want to be baptized. You see, the first step of obedience for a believer is baptism. The way that God builds the parts and pieces of our relationship with him is through moments of obedience. And baptism is the first moment of obedience. It's the moment where we say, I'm going all in 
with him. I'm going to tell everyone else that I have a relationship with Jesus. And today, many people here this weekend, you've raised your hand. You said, I, I prayed. The card's been slipped in there, but you, you just thought, I don't know that I'm ready uh, to, to be baptized. I, I don't know that I'm ready to, to, to go all out. And right now, because where the Spirit leads and where we consider following, God begins to speak. And He's speaking into your life in this moment. And He's saying, hey, it's time. It's not going to be Wednesday. It's going to be today. So in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. And we're going to do it completely different than we've ever done it before. Because I'm not going to ask you to pray a prayer. Many of you have already done that. If you need to know how to begin a relationship with God, we'll help you with that. We'll have people down front after the service. But here's what we're going to do. In that moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you've not been baptized. And then I'm going to ask you to respond today, not to wait till Wednesday, to respond today to begin in obedience so that you can be all in on Wednesday. So if you'd bow your head and close your eyes, and I'm going to ask you to muster up all the courage that you can in the room, in this moment. And I'm just going to ask you right now, hey, if you've prayed to receive Christ, but you were never baptized after that, no one's looking. Everyone's head is bowed. Their eyes are closed. Would you just raise your hand right where you are? You say, hey, I, I, I've never gone all out. I, I've said that I'm a Christ follower. I've prayed. Thank you guys so much for being honest. You can put your hands down. Just look this way. Hey, I'm going to pray. We're ready. We've got towels and shirts and shorts. We've got everything out there that you need. And let me tell you what the people around you would love, because this is the way the enemy works. Whenever we ask you to respond, it just happens to be the weekend that you're sitting dead center of the middle of the road. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, I can't. There's no way I can get out. Let me tell you something. The people around you would carry you out over them to get you to the baptistry if they could. They, they, listen, if you think that they would be inconvenienced, that's, that's not from God because they erupt in, in applause every time a person is baptized at Faith Promise. And so when I pray, I'm just gonna ask you, boom, go all out, head to the lobby. Our counselors are there. They will be ready to receive you and see you get baptized this weekend. So here we go. God, in this moment, we pray that people will move and respond and go all out. It's, it's too, uh, God, crazy to believe that Wednesday will make this huge difference. Today is the day. This is the moment for us to go all out in our relationship with you. And so I pray that you would give them the courage to make that step today, to go all out so that as we begin this new year, they are all in in their relationship with you. We love you, God. Thanks for this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you haven't been here before, uh, in this moment in our service, and that invitation is never over, uh, nothing else that I have to say is more important than you responding to God. You just get up and walk out the center doors, and uh, people just cheer that God's doing that in your life. But, but. 
But one of the things that we love to do is connect uh, your generosity to what God's doing in the world. And this week, we got a note from one of our partners called Back to Back Ministries. Every year, a team goes and does ministry in Mexico with Back to Back. And so incredible. They were sharing what our giving has allowed us in a partnership with other people to be a part of. And it's things like this. Listen to what God is doing through you, Faith Promise. We have been able to support this year through Back to Back Ministries, 18 children's homes. We've been able to help over 100 students and families receive support and education. Yes, cheer for that because it's incredible. We've been been able to help foster over 63 displaced Mexican children. That's what your giving does. That's how it unlocks heaven. But then listen to this. The reach of back-to-back ministry affects the lives of over 2,600 caregivers who care for over 250 children worldwide. What a better way to celebrate your generosity than to say, this is what he's doing through a partner that you make sure is funded because of your generosity through the work that God's doing in our church. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You give generously. And because you're generous, you allow ministry to happen that we never believed could happen before. And so whatever God's leading you to do, many have given online. You can give in the kiosk in the lobby. You can text. You saw all the ways. But the reality of it is, would you just ask God what he says that he wants you to do and do it? And be prepared to respond in that way. I'm going to pray as our ushers come forward. God, we love you. Move in this moment. We return back an incredible portion of the blessing that you have given to us and our families. We trust you, God. This is a declaration of our faith that you're in control of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray.